so today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Uh, Kevin Brett is a friend of mine since a very long time. As long as I can remember, me and Kevin have been good friends. All right. Uh, so, Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, yeah, man. You know, I'm Kevin. I've known you since 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 the day one, you know. But me, I'm just your regular guy. I put my pants on one leg at a time. There's nothing too special about me. Like, I, I just give my two cents. That's pretty much it. I mean, I've gone to school. I've done a whole lot of stuff. I've been driving big vehicles to flying planes to operating boats. Like, I, I like to do things. Just pretty much anything I can get my hands on, you know? That's, that's who I am. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you guys. <laughs> Okay, so essentially the reason we brought Kevin here was because um, we're going through Adventist Home and a big part of Adventist Home is talking about choosing your partner. And um, when I first met John, that was actually one of our first conversations was a theory that Kevin came up with. Um, because when we met, obviously we didn't have the same beliefs. We didn't have, we didn't agree on most things. And I didn't understand why two people couldn't date with two different sets of beliefs. Um, so then John explained to me briefly the GAAA, which is Kevin's theory, which is why we brought him here because he explains it better than John does. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> normally, I, I wish this was like one of these like recorded podcasts, you know, and I had my, uh, my demonstrator because I normally give a master class where I have all of these little examples and it they all tie in together and it's, it's just fun to watch but essentially like the g triple a like i was chilling with one of my boys and he's just like you know what i figured out what i want in a partner i'm like okay what's that he's like the g triple a i'm like bro what are you talking about you know he's like yo this person's gotta be godly aesthetic athletic and academic I'm like, okay I, I get what you're saying but after time was going, I said, you know what? This order kind of, it's kind of weird, but let me see what I can do with this. And I was just sitting down, starting a Word document and just, it just flowed and flowed and flowed. And like, I read the Adventist home. I read messages to young people. And as I was going through, I'm like, these are all things that we should actually be keeping at the forefront in our mind. Because I, I don't know about any of you, but the church I go to and a lot of the other churches I've gone to, everybody's out here. They, they all want to get with, a, with somebody you know but they a lot of the time they don't know how to go about it they just say yo listen i like the way this person looks and let me go for it mm -hmm. and then lo and behold it doesn't last you know they, they don't have that that training so i said you know what let me just get all of my knowledge and let me ask people who have been doing this like married couples who have been successful and i said let me write this get their two cents and everything and this this document i have right here this is from my knowledge as a current, you know, if anybody would like to talk to me, have a conversation, I'm always open. We can always change stuff around. If it aligns with what God has to say, I'm cool with that. Okay. So explain like through the letters, like what, like it starts with G. So God fearing, how, how does that come into play? So I understand like right now we're not going to have a lot of time to actually go deep. So I'm just going to give you like the quick surface answer. And I'm sure later on we can go look at each letter in depth and understand it more. But basically, the GAAA, like we already know, is, is how what you're looking for in a partner. We look at the G, which is God-fearing. Understand, we look at it, see, 
how this person relates to God. Because you get two people who have two different viewpoints. And I'm sure you two were in that situation before, you know? And I'm sure if, John, you, you put a, a ring on it without explaining why you believed what you believed, we would be in a much different situation today, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was like, for me, God fear, you need to understand how their relationship with God is first. And I like to use this example here where you get the love triangle. A lot of the time people want to talk about love triangles. It's three people, a guy that likes two girls or a girl that likes two guys, something like that. And I like to, let me use some math terms here. That's one of those equilateral love triangles, you know? We, we don't want that, you know? We want that isosceles love triangle where A is at the top and the only way that B and C can get together is by striving to get to A, where God is A, okay? And to me, that, that's, that's the best way to do it because you look at it and we say, don't be unequally yoked. A lot of the time people hear that, like when I first heard that unequally yoked, like what are you talking about eggs for, you know? Like that, <laughs> that was literally my first thought. And then I asked some people, yo, what does yoked mean? Oh, it's when two animals are, are locked together. Like no one was giving me answers. So I said, okay, what does this mean? Being yoked is like, it's uh, it has to do with farming, okay? You have two oxen to plow the field. Now we have combines and big tractors that do that. But back in the day, they had two ox. If one ox was much smaller than the other, the bigger one would drag the smaller one. And because there's that resistance on its left or on its right, it would start turning in circles. Now, I don't know if you've seen many circular fields, but <laughs> I haven't. I see a lot of rectangular fields. And you need to get from point A to point B and back from point B to point A going back and forth, back and forth in a straight line. And I know one thing, that driving in circles will never get you from point A to point B. So... That's why I feel that G is the first thing being God-fearing and understanding your partner and how your partner relates to God and how that can have an impact on your relationship. Mm -hmm. Now we go to the second A. And I'm sure if you listen to the intro, you're going to say, oh, but that's not what you said at first. And I, I know, I know. Our first A is academic, okay? You need to understand the mind, Okay. Be able to have a conversation with your partner because a lot of people they look at their partner oh this person's so beautiful they're so good looking and yeah they want they want to get into a relationship but looks fate if you can't have a conversation and you're married with somebody i don't know about you but i don't want to be in a relationship i can't talk to my wife i that just doesn't seem interesting to me now it's not basically saying yo you gotta be smart like like all that you know because we do recognize that people's intelligence are all across the board, you know? And it basically states, yo, listen, uh, if you're striving to better yourself and your partner's striving to better yourself, if you're smarter than them or they're smarter than you, you can still work with that, okay? And you can move forward because there's that willingness to learn. If the person's out here, they can be the smartest person but not want to learn, you are going to have problems. You are going to have problems. Now, the second A, athletic. A lot of people think this means you're in the gym all day, every day. But no, it just basically means you, you take care of your body, you know? Now, here in Ontario, if you get any part-time job, one of the requirements is to hold 50 pounds, okay? Now, as we strive to be more like Christ, I believe our calling is higher than that of the earth, you know? So if a basic standard is to be able to hold 50 pounds, I, I feel 
you should be able to hold 50 pounds, you know, because you're trying to pass, surpass what is on earth, you know, to be something better. So that's a good place to start, you know. So athletic also does not just mean your body, but also your mind, you know, what you're putting into your mind, who you hang out with, because that really shapes your character, you know. Well, of course, we'll go in deeper. <laughs> but the last thing, and this is one of the important things, okay? A lot of people might disagree, and I'm willing to have this conversation with them, but aesthetic, the way they look, okay? Because you can say, but what if they have the G in the first two A's? Yes, that's great. But we are humans, you know? And some people might not have a strong relationship where they would say, you know what? I've married this person, but they look like a horse, you know, like some people, like it's, it's just not doing it for them. You know, yeah. that's the thing. People are out here and they say, oh, but only men are visual. It's like, no, listen, everybody is visual. Like people like to look at good things. A guy can admire a rose as a woman can admire a rose. You know, there are, there's beauty in everything. But if you are trying to be with someone for the rest of your life and you are not visually and physically attracted to them, that puts another strain that is not needed mm. on the relationship. If you can do it, knock yourself out. But I need you to understand that aesthetic is the first thing you see, but the last thing that should keep you in the relationship, which is why it's the last thing in the mm. G triple A. Cause you, cause like a lot of people, they will not approach anybody if they're looking some sort of ways, which is why even in society, you, you look at this, women put a lot of work into their look as do men. So guys are in, at the barber once a week, getting their, their lineup and this. Women are out here buying new makeup, new clothes to look good because that's what attracts people. You, you put on a smile, someone will see that and say, oh, you know what? This person seems friendly. Let me go talk to them. Now, if you look like you just came off the street and you have a scowl on your face, the chances of you getting a significant other are quite low. So that's basically what the GAAA is, you know? And of course... There's a whole lot more that goes into it, but this is just just the surface. Yeah. Mm, nice. So now that we've gone over the surface of the G Triple A, could you go more in depth into each letter? Because I know you have subsections in every uh, in every category, and the document is fairly lengthy. Can you first before we go into that? Can you tell us a little bit more about the document? About like, the document? Like how long is it? What have you? worked on is it available online okay well no it's not available online yet it's normally like if you ask i'll send it to you right now we have it translated in both english and french you know for for those francophones you know <laughs> now don't ask me if you, if you find any like spelling errors like i'm not a french speaker i'm not like i can read it i can understand it but like i'm, I'm not too good with the with the french rules you know like if you see a a, a mistake like i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry that's all i can say but yeah, I have some other people, they, they want to translate it into other languages. And then, hey, if you're listening to this and you would like a, a copy to translate to your native tongue, by all means, I'll send it over. Because <laughs> like the gospel of Jesus Christ, this should be shared throughout the whole world, you know? Amen but but that. that's, just, that's just my thought. That's my <laughs> thought. <laughs> Honestly, I completely agree. Because there's been, there's people that are outside the church that I've talked to and I'm like... Mm. Yeah. They they talk to me about people that they're going after. They go after people. I'm like, what do you see in them? And they're like, I don't know. Like, we sleep together. And I'm like... That's, that's it? That's that means all? absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, sex is something, but it's not the, the end, end all. all. It, it's not... Like, you need to be able to 
spend the rest of your life with this person and actually enjoy the time that you spend with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's interesting to see how many people, when you start explaining to them, even just a brief, like, Coles mm. notes of the GAAA are so fascinating. Like, wait a minute. What? There's rules? <laughs> <laughs> wait, there's, there's more to this dating thing than just, uh, I like the way they look and I like the way they make me feel. Oh, they're, they're, believe me, there's a whole lot, and I and you guys are going through Adventist Home. Huh? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you're realizing there's a, there's a whole lot. There's there's a whole lot more. Now, as you were asking about uh, which letters mean what, like actually going into depth, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a quick disclaimer right now. Under God fearing, I didn't write too much because when I was writing this, I was writing this for an Adventist audience, a well versed Adventist audience, right? So they already know that term and what mm-hmm. that means. So if you would like, you could go deeper into just the term God fearing what that means as I mm-hmm. give, give what this means. Because for me, what I, what I have here, I'm not going to read it out, but God fearing, like I already stated before, it's knowing that you and your partner have the same respect for God, you know, because here's a zero to 100 example. You say, John, right? You, you were born in the church. You yeah. grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. Now you have that instilled fear for God, okay? And you're like, I respect God. I want to do his work. That's You're good, right? Now you see Brittany and you say, you know what? Let me marry her before any transformation has happened, right? Now, I, I, haven't, I didn't know you before you came to the church, right? Yeah. So I can't really speak to anything. But say you guys get married and you have your first child, you know? You're like, John, you're like, hey, I want to dedicate my child to the Lord. Brittany's just like, well, what are you you talking about? You know, because now you both have conflicting views, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a lot of the times people fall into that trap. They see somebody and it's like, oh, listen, they're sitting in the pew in church. They're so godly. I need you to understand, like what you see is is just a surface. I remember I went to one of these youth retreats and I was talking with one of the elders and they they. They look at me, it's like, yo, Kevin, why don't you go for one of these young, lovely young women? And I was just like, auntie, understand this. What you see at church is one out of seven days. And the thing is, if you had access to Instagram, access to Facebook, Snapchat, mm-hmm. and all these other social medias, you're going to see that what they portray at church is not what they're portraying to the world. Exactly. And personally for me, I like consistency. If I say yes, my yes is yes. My no is no. But... When you have somebody living two different lives, that's something they need to deal with first, okay? Yeah, it's just like how what we tell our kids when we go to Camp Ray. I remember we had a lot of problems at Camp Ray 2014. We had stuff stolen, air mattresses slashed. And I had to go tell my Pathfinders, I was like, guys, everyone here is Adventist, but not everyone here is a Christian. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that. Just because they're here doesn't mean they're going to be acting the right way. It's the same thing at church. Like, my dad explains to the Sabbath school class and a lot of people, he's like, Yo, church is a hospital uh, full mm-hmm. of sinners. But keep in mind, it's a house full of sinners mm-hmm. seeking repentance. There's still a lot of sinners in there. That's the thing. But back to the example I was saying. Now, say you have the child. There's a conflict there. You want to dedicate the child. Your wife doesn't want to dedicate the child. That's already tension, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, say you go either way. You dedicate or you don't. That really doesn't matter. Right? At this point, that's, that's the tension between you and your spouse. Child grows up. What are you teaching the child? Why does mommy or daddy 
not go to church? Why does daddy or mommy go to church? What's going on? Now the child has two conflicting uh, theologies going on. This child is confused. There's no unity, you know? And we understand that a man and a woman should be one unit. We, we understand this under God. When two people are conflicting, are they really one unit under God? That's the thing. Now, as I say, I don't really have much written on this because most of the Adventists I talk to, they understand what's going on. Like I already explained being equally yoked with the whole oxen being walking around in circles. We, we know that. But Auntie Ellen, she gives us a, a nice uh, example. And we, we talk about the term flirt to convert. You, you ever hear that, guys? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what can you tell me about flirt to convert? Oh, it's... The first time I heard that was from your family because that, they thought that that's what was happening. <laughs> um, but when I heard of it, I was, I was insulted because I was like, do you seriously think that I am so shallow that I would go out of my way to change my entire lifestyle just to be with him? That's no offense, but you're not that special. <laughs> like, I don't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's a fact of life because like, I see a lot of people who have come into my Pathfinder Club and into my South School class who are trying to do the flirt to convert thing. I'm like, honey. They're going to end up it's converting not you. Happens every single time. Like you try... Like, no matter how hard you try to pull, you know, against a solid I mean, object, it'll pull back. It'll pull to back. To be fair, I tried to convert you into what I was doing, yeah. except, I mean, obviously God won in that situation. <laughs> Praise but, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. back when we when we first met, I, I literally, I was like, I'm not going to read the Bible if you don't look into what I do. I want you to at least take into consideration. And he grew up being told, don't play in the devil's sandbox. Don't oh, go. We all were. <laughs> It was like, yeah. don't go outside that box. But I would have never found God had he not sat with me and picked up my, my box of tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And I was offended when he was like, this does nothing. <laughs> and I was like, what do you Yo, mean? There was a lot of prayer that went into before. I, like, she passed them to me. I'm like, Lord Jesus, please help me not to be possessed. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> picked that up. I'm like, yeah, I'm I just like, don't nothing. <laughs> I looked at those cards. I'm like, I mean, they're pretty, but not Are they really. pretty, though? Not really. No, it's kind of <laughs> ugly. And I was just like, here. I and made him was... read books about crystals. I bought him yeah. crystals. I went all out. And I was like, I want you to understand what I do. And I'll try to understand what you do. And I almost cried the first time that I actually held a Bible. It was, because... I was concerned. <laughs> I was like, are you okay? Are you burning? <laughs> I was concerned that if I picked it up, I would burst into flames. Yeah. But, I mean, if me as... Uh, non-Christian who didn't grow up with any certain like like specific belief was trying to convert you into what I believed and it went nowhere like where would it go if someone had a strong belief in something a po like opposite, opposite. Mm -hmm. it just yeah. doesn't go anywhere you it's, end up fighting each other all the time it, more often than not I'd probably say 9 out of 10 times the person who's trying to flirt to convert will lose mm -hmm. it's yeah. that one that 10% of the time that you may be successful and even then even if you do get them in it may not be a nice relationship Yo, bro when you said that 10 percent watch this 
So you see, in the G Triple, I do take quotes from certain uh, Ellen White books and from the Bible, of course. Now, we talk about flirt to convert, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are what? Chapter 6 right now? Yeah. Yes. In three chapters, in chapter 9, she basically talks about that. She's like, 9 times out of 10, this does not work. Okay? <laughs> it actually doesn't work. And I don't know about you, but whenever you're investing and you have a 90% failure rate, mm-hmm. I need to know that that's a poor stock, okay? <laughs> like, 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 don't invest in that. That makes no sense. But a lot of people are here, they want to join their life with somebody who will nine times out of ten pull them further away from God and then bring then you bringing them to God. Yes, that 10%, it's amazing and it's great when it happens. But this is this is not saying, you know what? Let, let, let me be the special person and go out and, and convert to flirt these people. We get the whole flirt to convert. We get her cousin convert to flirt where people actually leave the church and go to other churches or other things to go find somebody. This is actually, this does not help anybody. It does not, okay? Like, you yeah. you literally just left your safe haven to go do whatever you want, to find somebody out in the world, to find somebody out in it who does not share the same mindset as you. Also, and, like, you, yep. you leave your core values to go after someone, and when you meet that person, they're looking at you, but who are you? And you just went and threw out everything that you mm-hmm. are. So now you don't even know who you are, and they don't even know who you are. And mm. at that point, you're just a body. That's the thing. Th- that's that's all you've got. You don't have insides anymore. <laughs> and that it's funny you mentioned that because as you say, you're just a body. I've known a whole lot of people who do go through life just like that. On to the next thing. Oh, I'm dating this person. Oh, it didn't work. I'm on. But at the same time, you sometimes you need to sit back and say. What is actually going on? What am I doing? Who am I? Because when you don't know your purpose, mm. what what are you going to do? Mm. Okay? Right. If I have a screwdriver, I don't know what a screwdriver is. I've never seen a screwdriver. I'll be out here beating in nails with it. You know, like, that's <laughs> not what it's made for. You know, it's made for screws. Use it for screws. You know? But listen, I digress. <laughs> but yeah, so the G God is God-fearing. In fact, you know what? I, I assume this podcast is not just heard by Adventists, you know? No. Yeah. So what does the term God-fearing actually mean, John? Well, if you look um, into the Bible and you start studying the definition of, you know, God-fearing, fear God. And if you look up the actual definition of fear in the Webster Dictionary, it says um, to be in awe and have a great deal of respect for someone, usually a deity. All right. So if you fear God... You have such a respect for him that you are in awe of who he is. You're just like, oh my goodness, God is just... So someone who's God-fearing is someone who respects God. That's it, period. That's where it ends. Okay. Okay. So do you guys have any other like little takes on the G part of the G-Triple-A? For me, I think that like outside of Adventism or like Christianity, Christianity as a whole... It kind of means not necessarily it, it like be on the same plane of beliefs. If mm-hmm. you don't believe in God, don't hook up with someone that does believe in God. Yeah, like find someone who shares core values, core beliefs, even if it's not uh, yeah. something that you found in the Bible. This is if you believe killing is wrong, don't hook up with a serial killer. Don't hook up with someone who goes around murdering people if you do not believe that murder is. You will tell somebody like you say. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in murder, don't, don't marry a murderer. Yeah. You're going to marry a murderer. Oh, this is so good. It's a, <gasps> you killed somebody? 
was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I've been doing this. You knew this before we got together. So I assumed you were okay with this. Oh, but no, I'm not okay with this. Like, And I mean, LMI talks about that too. She's like, don't, she pretty much says like it to, to paraphrase, don't be stupid. Ask the hard questions before you're going to marry someone. And if you're engaged and you find red flags, they're red flags anyways, back out. Like, no, that's the thing. Just because you're engaged doesn't mean you need to get married. The engagement is like the last, that your last period to find things your out. stress test. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. And like, now you talk about engagement. A, a lot of these women, in, when, when they are looking for a partner, first thing in their head is, can I marry this person? Now, don't get me wrong. That's a, that's a great thing to go into. Like, who doesn't want to get married? Like, you, you are spending all this time with this person. Yes, you, you would want to marry this person. But I feel it's it's too early for that question. This person had said, hey, let's go out to dinner. And you're like, oh, you, you don't, I don't see a ring. Where's, where's the ring? That, you don't know the person. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, like, that makes no sense. And a lot of people are turned down based on that. Like, I know a lot of girls, a lot of females, a lot of women, whichever term you want to use because they're using all these things I can't keep up, you know. They, they want to say, oh, I'm in the church, but no guy likes me. I'm just like, honey, what are you talking about? All the guys in the church like you. And it's like, oh, yeah, but this guy, uh, you know, he, he, he works outside. I don't want to live with someone who works outside. I'm like, bro, that's right now. Like, what are you talking about? Have you spoke to them? No, but uh, this person has red hair. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like all these little superficial things. They don't want to take time to get to know them. And I, I get it. I get it. You want the best person in your life. I understand. But the thing is, are you the best person? You don't want to look at yourself and you want to say, yo, this guy is A, B, C, and D. And you want to cut them. Or, or maybe you do want to give them a chance, but you are so afraid of marriage. And yes, I can understand in the Adventist church, you see any old person sees two young people sitting together of the opposite sex. It's like, oh, well, uh, marriage counseling happens after church today. I was like, yo, relax, you know, <laughs> like, I, I was just watching, the, listening to the sermon, just sitting beside my friend, like, oh, you sure? And, like, there's a whole lot of weight that goes on it, especially, mm -hmm. like, when it comes to dating within the church, which I feel is why a lot of people look outside of the church. It's just way too much pressure. A lot of pressure. So, it's like, a lot of people think, yo, I go out on one date with this person, I have to get married to them, you know? It's like, that is not the case. Yeah. Look, I need to eat, you need to eat. Let's eat together and have a conversation. That's literally it. <laughs> That's literally it. Honestly, I don't like that culture of like... Um, uh, you have to find the one from Jump? Yeah. The moment and you, you date them, it's We talked about that with your sister about like, you can't expect to never date this person and then the first time you date, you know, and in a year you're married. You can't do that. You have yeah. to date. You have to find out what you don't like, what you do like. You have to go around and meet people. And understand what the world is like. Because if you don't do that, you're in your own little bubble. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, it needs to be like this, 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 and this. And then, oh, well, he doesn't check box number 27. So, nope, not I'm... But there's no perfect person. You have to compromise on it's, things. It's the same thing with look shopping around for cars, which is my um, explanation for like the GAAA. If you don't go test driving vehicles, how are you supposed to know that this is the vehicle for you? That's the thing. Never walk onto a lot and just like, that one looks good. Looks like it can get me from point A to point B. That's that's fine. Unless that's what you're looking for. It's just a car to get you Listen, from point A Let me give you a story <laughs> on that. I'm going to put my brother on blast just now. <laughs> so like for me, like anybody who knows my family, they know 
I love my vehicles. I love my cars. I love my planes. I love my boats. Like, you, you talk to me about something mechanical, we can talk for years, okay? But you talk to my brother. You say, hey, what did you, why'd you get this car? My brother, God bless his soul, okay? Man had several cars, you know? Now, his recent car that he had, it, it was jokes to me. It was jokes to me. Now, when I buy my car, I do so many things. I, I do the test drive, like you were saying, you know? I go, I look at the consumer reports. I go, I look at how much does this car cost over a year for gas, you know? How much does this cost in parts? How much does it cost for this? This isn't, you know? I'm looking at everything. Mm -hmm. And I come down and say, okay, how long does this car normally last, you know? These are all things I take into consideration. When my brother needed to get a car, he's like, yo, I just need a car. Get me from point A to point B. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Do some research. He's like, no, 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 I got this. So we went to this dealership and saw, uh, like, I, I could swear this car was from the 90s. It looked like that, you know? Like a, a Hyundai Elantra or some, some old looking thing, you know? My brother, I'm like, yo, how much is this? Yo, 1500 I'm like, bro, send that back, bro. He's like, nah, nah, it was cheap. It was cheap. It's getting me from point A to point B. I'm like, bro, when you see a car that cheap, you're going to be paying for that in maintenance. He's like, nah, nah, whatever. I say, okay, listen, you're an adult. And I feel it's that older brother pride. John, I, I don't know for you listeners, but me and John, were both middle children. And we know, we know the struggle. We work the hardest, get the least, least recognition. You want to tell your older brother something? Now nah, they know it all, you know, because they're what? They're a couple of years older than you? Yo, come on. You know, you don't know it all. But these older brothers will never get it. You know, John, they'll never get it. The struggle and, is real. You know, the struggle is real, bro. Anyway, so... My brother gets the car. He, he, he's zipping around, having his fun. I say, okay, bro. Okay. You, you you do your thing. And then one day, the radiator blew. I'm like, bro, what happened? Yo, I was just driving, and boom. Then just started smoking. I'm like, well, this is what happens when you buy a $1,500 car. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, you have to get rid of it. And as you're saying, this is the thing in the relationship. If you're not doing your preliminaries, you're not asking the right questions, you're not putting people... I shouldn't say putting people in situations to see how they react. That sounds kind of sociopathic. We're going to back up from that. <laughs> but like, if you don't know how they act, you know, in certain situations, you are going to be one embarrassed by them. Mm. You are going to be shocked by them and things aren't going to work because like, let's take this, the radiator blowing, right? The car doesn't work. What it needs to do point A to point B. It can't do that anymore. You say, Hey, you go find a girl. You come date her for, for 10 years. Say that, that's a long time. Yeah, no, I'll put a ring on it. But you come, you, you, you date the girl for time. And then she comes up and says, like, yeah, so uh, every night I pray to Satan that uh, I can do it. You'll be shocked, bro. <laughs> You'll be shocked. And at that time, 10 years have gone by. You don't know she's worshiping Satan, bro. Like you're out here. There's the Gary controversies happening in your bedroom right now. <laughs> you know, like, like, I don't know what to tell you. And then... Boom, 10 years of your life. You're not getting that time back, you know? Now you have to break up. I hope you break up, you know? Or either she she, she better change. Actually, she, she better change and go go back, you know? But yeah, like, what was what was supposed to be a blissful experience? Yo, I found someone I can share my life with. You did not do your preliminaries. You got so far down the road, and then boom, you get shocked by that, you know? I mean... An example that's, it's more of like a, a female thing, but I know that within the church, talking about periods and things like that is just like a no-no. You don't talk about that, men don't talk about it around men, and it's just like not a thing. And 
that blows my mind because I'm like, I'm sorry, so you're supposed to date someone for two years, never tell them ever that you've had a period during that entire two years, and then marry them and expect them to understand how you are, how you act, what you do, what you want to eat, and all those things that come around with your period, and then also expect to have children with that person. But that's the thing. It makes no sense. And what I find, just on top of that, because you're talking about period, okay? Yeah. Now, for me, I feel I would never know about a period if I didn't have sisters and I didn't have a mother, yeah. okay? But I know about this. My mother's a nurse, right? She knows all these things. If I have any medical questions, I can ask my mom, you know? Yeah. And my parents were, were very good in answering my questions, you know? Like, if I had a deep question, I'd say, what is this? They wouldn't say, oh, you don't need to know about this. They would just they would tell me, yeah. you know? Now... What I find, what I find is, in the church as a whole, a lot of topics are very taboo. You talk about periods, you talk about masturbation, you talk about porn, you talk about sex, you, you talk about these things, nobody wants to tackle them. And I can see it from both sides, because me as an educator in some, in, in some places, a child will come up to me and say, Kevin, what is this, you know? Now, I don't know what their parent wants them to know. You know, mm. so I can't just go off and say, oh, you asked about this. Well, let me give you the textbook answer. And this is what it is, because now the parents like, yo, I wanted to have that conversation with my child when I was ready. Mm. You know, I understand that. But what I find is, especially at this age right now, where all of us are pretty much the same age, we are all on to our careers. We're all living our lives. At this point, I find, no, we don't talk about it in the church. But when we have our one and one, there's a lot of people who are understanding because I can tell you, hey. I struggle with doing this. And then my brother can say, you know what? I've also struggled with this. Let's talk about this. How can we get closer to God? How can we fight this? How can we do this? And I do feel that it's a good outlet, you know? Like our church, we have this thing called uh, Juminous for young men, you know? And the girls had a Fort Femme. Yeah. I don't know how that worked because I was, ne I was never present for one of those meetings. I was <laughs> Juminous, you know? And I knew in Juvenis, these people were my brothers, okay? I could sit down and I could actually talk to them without fear of, oh, it's getting out to the church. A lot of the time you you talk to somebody in the church and we go to a West Indian church. And one thing I know about West Indians, I know about Africans, they love to talk. All the aunties know, all the uncles know. And for me, sometimes I don't even feel comfortable even talking to my mom. I can't even say, yo, mom, you know what? I'm thinking of dating this person. Because if I even show interest, I say, mom, this girl at church looks cute. My mom already planning a wedding for me. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. So a lot of people I find, they do retreat and like they would lean on their friends rather than their parents or elders in the church. Yeah. And it's understandable because when you're acting like that, like I don't want to tell you anything because I can't say, hey, John, listen, um, you know, I do this uh, on my days off. And then John's going off and telling the world, I would not want to talk to John. But because we have this, we have this uh, relationship where I know I can tell John anything and he's not going to go betray my trust, I am more inclined to tell him these things, you know? I think that when it comes to relationships, though, like, those, those conversations need to be had and they need to be had early. Like, frequently. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't wait till you're engaged to talk about sex. You need to talk about sex way before that. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, I've met women in the church that have told me that when they, they don't know if they even want to have sex on their wedding night because they're terrified of sex. And I'm like, 
if you don't want to have sex with that guy, don't marry him. Like, mm-hmm. what in the world? What are you doing to yourself? You're putting yourself in a situation where you're going to feel violated when you sleep with that person. Mm-hmm. And then you have to spend the rest of your life with them. That's a, The rest of your life traumatized. Exactly. something that's supposed to be a sacred union. And then you have kids with them. And then the kids leave. And then you're stuck with that person alone again. And I've seen a lot of relationships like that where they never talked to each other before they got married. They got married... They hated each other, had kids to get away from each other. Mm-hmm. And then when their kids leave, they blow up. They don't know what to do anymore because now they're stuck with each other again. Do, why would you put yourself in that situation? You could have literally just looked at that person and said, what do you like to eat when you have your period? What do you What do you like with sex? What do you think you would like? Do, what kind of thing do you not like? How do you understand like? sex? Yeah, what like what your... does sex mean to you? What What are these things? But that's the thing. Like, sometimes I'm not going to lie because... I know before we started recording, we had this little conversation, right? You you need to know who you are, you know? Because if you say, how do you understand sex, right? And someone says, uh, if one person believes sex is, hey, two people sleeping beside each other and kissing occasionally, okay? To the person who believes that sex is penis and vagina penetration, they're, they're on two different levels. You're on completely different levels. And say they get married, the person who thinks sleeping beside somebody and kissing, that's sex. What happens when the other one thinks, yo, this is what it has to be? Like, like they, they don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Especially if they don't have that run-up talk, you know? They don't have that talk saying, this is what I believe it is. And this is how I do this. This is the, You know? If you don't have that talk, you're not, you're not going to understand it. It's going to shake you, like you say. You're going to be traumatized. And every time this happens, like, you, you don't know what to do, you know? And honestly, I think sex is a huge topic that that's one of those that like there's a lot of topics that people do end up talking about when they're engaged but sex is one of those that i'm like you have to talk and and women are kind of like i don't want to talk about this i don't know i shouldn't be thinking about these things i don't have urges and they like (laughs) pretend that they don't have anything but i'm like you need to give that information to the person that you're going to marry that you want to date and tell them you know what i look for in sex is love and care care for me because a lot of guys are in the mindset that sex is about getting off. And mm-hmm. it's it's not about caring for the girl. But girls are like, look me in my eyes and like, love me. And like that kind of thing. They're not the same as like, they could care less if they get off. The, not That's not everyone. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and like, for me, I talk a lot about communication. Which brings us to our next section. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the first part of our mini-series with Kevin Brett about the GAAA. The GAAA uh, mini-series is to give you a preview of what we're going to talk about in the rest of the Adventist home. So I would suggest that you listen to all the episodes about the GAAA before you go on to chapter 6. So I hope you enjoyed that first part. So the G, the God-fearing. And join us next week for the uh, second section about academics. If you have any questions or comments, or if you want to get in touch with Kevin, you can send an email to info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Facebook at Realtime Talk Podcast, or you can find us on Instagram at Realtime underscore talk. Um, if you speak a different language and would like to translate the GAAA like he asked in the beginning, please send us an email or reach out to us and we can get you in touch with Kevin. Um, 
or if you have any feedback at all about the episode or any of the episodes, feel free to leave us a review on Facebook. Um, send us a DM on Instagram, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you can leave a review. Uh, it does help us find more viewers and it helps people who are looking for new podcasts find out if they would actually like to listen to us or not. So please leave us a review and we will see you for the next episode. So stay in school, Sabbath school, stay in Sabbath school. Mm-hmm.